0: Good morning, it is a real joy and privilege to be able to fellowship today here with all of you, the Watkinsville First Baptist Church family. For those of you who don't know us, my name is Eric Peters and my wife Ellen and I were sent out by this church more than 30 years ago to do mission work in various parts of Asia. And that's where we've been living and serving for the better part of the past three decades. So it's a real great joy to be back here today. Not very long ago though, due to our parents failing health, and also especially due to my parents decreasing ability to care for their own needs. Ellen and I felt God's clear calling to relocate temporarily back to the US, to Columbia, South Carolina, in order to dive in deeply and participate in the caregiving that my parents needed. And we're in the midst of that now. I think that may be why Pastor Carlos, invited me to speak in this ongoing sermon series called unpacking care on the specific topic of caring for our aging parents i'm by no means an expert uh, but we are in the midst of that it was only just a year ago that we landed in south carolina and we were immediately able to join in the 24 7 care that my mom needed as she went through the last months of her five-year battle with cancer, and then went home to be with the Lord in September of last year. And now my dad lives about 50% of the time with us and about 50% of the time with my sister. And my dad, he struggles with a particular kind of dementia called Lewy body dementia. Lewy body dementia is characterized by memory loss and by uh, motor skill deterioration, loss of executive function, pretty extreme confusion and even hallucinations, as well as all of the communication challenges that are related to that. So we're grateful to be able to be part of my dad's care. He needs continuous supervision and care and help with every single task. And so we are learning. We're just in the process of learning what it means to love and care for and serve. Our aging parents thankfully Ellen's parents who live right here in the Athens area are still in pretty good health and able to care for their own needs and we're grateful to God for that it's a very difficult thing to lose a parent some of you have gone through that recently and perhaps even as are going through it right now and I pray over you God's grace and peace and comfort if that's your situation It's also very difficult to see our parents suffer and struggle due to the various illness and diseases that can steal away their physical and mental vitality. It's a very painful thing to say goodbye incrementally over a long period of time. Some of you in this fellowship have already experienced that or are in the midst of it yourselves. And so today, that's The topic that I'd like to explore together, what might God say to us in his word about loving and caring for our parents? Now, before we dive into that, I have to say this is not an easy topic for some among us. The very idea of thinking of loving and caring for our parents can be traumatizing for those who grew up in homes that were abusive. Not all of us grew up in nurturing and loving homes. Some were in homes, some grew up in homes where there were absentee or neglectful parents, but some among us will have experienced physical, mental, emotional, or even sexual abuse. And my prayer today is that even as we approach this topic, that God will wrap his loving arms around you, that our perfect, infinitely perfect Father in heaven will remind you of his endless love for you that for each of us will take some encouragement and some um exhortation in how we might love and serve our parents uh, in a way that honors and glorifies god today we're going to look into god's word but before we start there's um a few things i'd like to say about the real-time context that we're in right now in the u.s most of you would probably know this that the average age of the population of the U.S. Is, is ever increasing. People are living longer, birth rates are decreasing, and so that population average number continues to rise. There's actually a bit of an aged care crisis because there are fewer and fewer younger people available to care for the needs of the aged. Thankfully, a lot of research has been done by the CDC and universities and others on this topic. Research on those needing care and research on those giving care. Some of the research and the data on the caregivers is very sobering. This is a a, a real societal challenge that's facing us and facing the church. Most of those um, caregivers, most of the caregivers in the US are unpaid volunteer caregivers. There are wonderful, facilities, nursing homes, and retirement homes that are providing outstanding care for the elderly. But the vast majority of carers, 60 plus million people in the US, one, almost one in six in our population is a volunteer unpaid caregiver. The average caregiver spends 20 to 40 hours per week. The equivalent of a full time job in that caregiving responsibility, the vast majority experience as parents of young children do loss of sleep uh disrupted eating habits as much as 70 40 to 70 percent of all long-term caregivers experience multiple symptoms of clinical depression during the course of their caregiving responsibilities most experience their own health issues as they're dealing with elderly parents who have health issues It's also true that there is a financial cost to the caregivers. The average cost to a caregiver is upwards of $5,500 a year. There are also lots of emotional and uh, mental challenges involved in caregiving. There are questions about who makes the decisions, who should provide what kind of care, who should be doing more. What are the long-term responsibilities? What about finances and assets? What about driving? What about asset distribution? All of those questions add to the weight and the potential for shame and guilt that people can feel who are in that caregiving process. So this is a real challenge. And it's also for us, I would say, a real opportunity. Rather than viewing it as a crisis, maybe God would allow us to see this instead as an opportunity for the good news of the love of Jesus Christ to be demonstrated in our midst to a needy and hurting world for us to actually demonstrate the love that God has for us by the way that we love our parents do we see the elderly through God's eyes how might God want to speak to us about the way that we love and serve our aging parents and family members and this is for all of us not just for those whose parents are now at uh, the tail end of their lives it's for all of us from the youngest to the oldest how is it that we're engaging the generations that have gone before us today we're going to take a meandering walk through the word of god and try to discover a few things together that god says to us about our relationship with our parents so i'd like to look at this topic through three lenses essentially the first lens would be why is it so important why do we Why should we emphasize the care and honor and love of our parents? And then secondly, I'd like to take just a really brief glimpse at how we might do that. There is no specific blueprint. There's no singularity, but it would be worth it for us to think about how we might do that together. And then thirdly, I'd like to take just the last few minutes to consider some of the wonder and joy that are part of this process of caring for aging parents. So firstly, Why is it important? What's the the, the main motivation under this? And of course, we know that along with every other person that we encounter, we want to love well because God first loved us. God sent his own son that he might rescue us from the kingdom of darkness, purchase our souls for membership in his family and win for us forgiveness of sins and right relationship with the Father because of his great love for us, we love all around us, including our parents. But taking a step further, I'd like to look back to one of the most fundamental passages on our relationship with our parents that's found in Exodus chapter 20, when God gave the 10 commandments to his people. Exodus chapter 20 says this, "'Honor your father and mother, "'that your days may be long in the land, that the Lord your God is giving you. So why is caring for our parents important? Because it's part of God's command for his people, almost unimaginable that here in this list of the 10 essential commandments that God chose for his people, not suggestions, but commandments, the very centerpiece of God's design for his people is this command to love and honor our parents to honor our parents that we may live long in the land that the Lord, our God is giving us those first four commandments really oriented around our relationship with God. And the next five oriented around our relationship with others. And this one in the middle that involves both our relationship with God and our relationship with people around us, it's God's command. And that command, when you dig more deeply into it is more than just um, a rule to be followed. It's a reflection of something of God's design. It's a reflection of God's design for that nuclear family unit for mothers and fathers, a male and female, uh, parent in a home with children, nurturing those children, children obeying those parents and the other generations part of that as well. It's also God's design for the transfer of values from one generation to the next, the family unit ordained here by this command is the finest place for children to discover those values that God has set in place and set in motion through their parents and through home life. And thirdly, it's part of God's design for learning to submit to authority, the same authority that we'll experience and encounter in all of our lives. God gives us the profound opportunity at a young age in our nuclear families discover what it means to shake hands with authority and the promise of long life in the land is connected to that command and to embedded in that command God's design so firstly it's important our relationship honoring our parents which in the Hebrew means to give weight to to emphasize to put importance on our parents through honor and respect is part of the command that God gave to his people, and it applies still to us today. So secondly, why is it important, this relationship of caring and honoring our parents? I would say that it's a pathway to blessing. You can see that in this command, God said, keep this command, and you will live long in the land. But when these 10 commandments are repeated again in Deuteronomy, and expand it a little bit, the promise of blessing is also expanded. In Deuteronomy chapter five, this same command is reiterated by Moses. Honor your father and mother that you may enjoy long life in the land and that it may go well with you. And that promise is picked up in the book of Ephesians. If you remember in Ephesians, Chapter 6, Paul has been writing to a New Testament church, talking to them about how they should behave in the light of their relationship with Jesus Christ, to walk worthy of the calling with which we've been called. And there are instructions for families and for elders and for employers, children. There's an instruction given to everyone in the midst of Paul's writing to the Ephesian church. And although it's addressed to children, the word for children is the word for all offspring, all who are born of parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you. Isn't it common that we often ask each other, hey, how's it going? We really do care about not only our own well-being, our own thriving, how well we're doing. We care that it goes well with one another as well. And that's true in every culture we've ever lived in. We are always seeking a pathway to well-being and soul satisfaction. And God gives us in this command and in the Ephesians passage, the center line of a pathway to the blessing of God. Honor and care for, love and respect your mother and father. So it's a pathway to blessing. And Proverbs emphasizes that throughout the entire book. If you read the book of Proverbs, there are endless um, exhortations to obey and listen to your father and mother. Early in the book, in Proverbs chapter 1, 8, and 9, is written, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Emblems of God's blessing on us when we listen to and obey our parents. Chapter 2 of Proverbs describes the blessings that come from obedience to parents, blessings of wisdom, blessings of insight. Chapter 3 says, my son, listen and pay attention. If you obey my teachings, life and peace will be your inheritance. Chapter 4 talks about, again, wisdom and insight, overwhelming promise of blessing that comes from the book of Proverbs, culminating in chapter 23. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Here is a perfect window into a pathway of blessing that God has given us when we love and care for and honor our parents. So why is it important? Because it's his command. And secondly, it's a pathway to blessing. But there's a third reason. There are actually strong warnings in scripture about not honoring our parents the chapter following the giving of the 10 commandments Exodus chapter 21 verse 17 a very strong warning is given Moses says to the people of Israel if anyone does not honor their father or mother they must be put to death Wow death penalty for not honoring your father and mother and sadly there is no qualification for which parents even somehow included in this are parents who are honestly dishonorable. I'll come back and talk a bit about that in a minute because it's logically incomprehensible for us to honor parents who are dishonorable. But I'd like to come back to that in just a minute. Not only is there a a warning there in the book of Exodus, but if you'll remember, Jesus interacted a lot with a group of people called the Pharisees and throughout the the Gospels you see Jesus interacting with the Pharisees and confronting their hypocrisy and pride in three of the synoptic Gospels Jesus chooses to use their dishonor the Pharisees dishonor of their parents as one illustration of the way that they're violating their covenant with God he says you say that you honor your father and mother but then you turn around and withhold from them the things that they need by saying that those things are devoted to God and you dishonor your parents. It's a strong warning for us not to make excuses. But lastly, there's a verse that's very clear and it's in the book of first Timothy where again, Paul was writing to his protege to Timothy, helping him understand the life of the church and in the middle of some instructions about how to care for widows and older men and women, there's a verse one Timothy five, eight that says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, his family, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbelievable unbeliever. That's a sobering verse that we don't often think about, but it's it's a clarion call to us to be faithful to the members of our family to be available to God as the first line of care for those who are in our household, including our parents. So we can see that the importance of our relationship with our parents is because it's God's command to us part of his design. It's also his pathway to blessing, but there are also strong warnings against dishonoring our parents. Lastly, I I would like to say this, that it is by its very nature a mechanism for proclaiming visibly to the world the love and grace of God. I often walk outside with my dad, with our face masks and appropriately social distancing and uh, whether it's in a park or a mall or other places, it's not uncommon to see that people would like to engage us and it has opened multiple opportunities for us to share the good news about Jesus Christ simply because I'm caring for my dad. So that's the first lens. Why, why is it so important? This lens of viewing it through the why a second lens for looking at this question would be the question of how, how might we do this? How might we learn to care, to grow, to, to raise our ability to care well for our parents and to love them, especially when they're at a needy stage. So there are a thousand pathways and complexities. There's no single blueprint. I've said that already and I want to say it again. We have to be very careful not to overlook or to assume that the pathway God has given to us is precisely what he's leading others to do. So maybe a good starting point for how we might do this at the most uh, at the most baseline level would be to look at the example of Jesus himself. John chapter 19, Verses 26 through 27, Jesus is already on the cross. He's suffered brutal beatings. He's, he's wrestled through the agony of his father's call on his life to bear the sin of all of humanity and pay the price of death on our behalf in order to rescue and ransom us from sin. And even in the midst of that agonizing experience, Jesus takes a moment to care for and love his own mother. We don't really know what happened exactly to Joseph, but the example of Jesus caring for his mother. John chapter 19, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus himself, was not able to be the one who provided primary care for his own parents. That wasn't the experience that he had, and that would be true for many of us as well. There are others who will need to be providing care. And there's probably three things that I see here that Jesus did that could guide the way, how it is that we care for our aging parents. And first is this, is that he gave special attention to his own mom. Around him were many other women and many others who he had walked alongside and all of those soldiers and bystanders. But in the midst of that, he gave special attention to his own mom, despite the severe circumstances he was facing. And that can be true for all of us, is to give special attention to our parents, even from a distance. And then secondly, he made a plan and a provision. In just seven words, Jesus said, behold your son, behold your mother he took the time to set in motion a plan and made the provision to go along with us not all of us will be able to be the hands-on caregivers but surely there's an opportunity for all of us to participate in the plan and the provision for our aging parents and then thirdly he recruited help it's so important that we don't assume that it has to be us there are so many gifted called wonderful caregivers who are serving in nursing homes and in, in in, facilities for elderly care. And we need to honor and take advantage. Sometimes those facilities are God's precise, grace-filled solution to the needs of our aging parents. So let's keep in mind that Jesus himself also grappled with this question of the care of the aged. There's another uh, passage of scripture that might be instructive for us again back to the book of first Timothy embedded in that same passage about the care of widows is a verse that might also help us in addition to being part of giving special attention to our parents and being part of planning and providing and then uh, recruiting others. I think we should also be ready and willing to bear the cost as much as we can to some degree. I don't necessarily mean financial cost, maybe in terms of time, attention, uh, and focus, but also sometimes financially. And we see that in First Timothy again, chapter 5, verse 4. It says that if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness in their own household and to make some return, to sacrifice, to use their own resources on behalf of their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. What a wonderful thing to know that we can please God by opening our wallets and spending our time caring for our parents. College students, I wanna give you a challenge. This verse includes grandchildren. I don't know if you're at UGA or one of the other schools nearby. The age of your parents, but there's your grandparents, but there's a good chance that they're in their late 60s or 70s. Don't wait until they're at a point where their health has declined significantly. I'm asking you to consider, if you're not doing it already, I believe that many of you are already interacting with your grandparents, but but w- would this be the week where you make a decision to just raise the bar one notch in the way that you interact with your grandparents? Maybe it's just one phone call, just 10 minutes less of, um, I don't know, I don't know what the the video games are now. Um, But make a small change in the way. Seek counsel from them. Even those who don't know the Lord, they've got a lot of life experience, and you'd be surprised. They live to see you succeed. Your grandparents' highest priority is their children's and grandchildren's well-being. So we can also, I think, one of the ways that we can love our parents well is being willing to bear the time and attention cost that's required for their care. There's a very extreme example of care for a a small few of us who will be the primary 24-7 caregivers and it's the life of Ruth. Ruth chapter one, verse 16 to 17. I don't know Ruth's motivation, but she said, "'Don't urge me to leave you "'or to return from following you. "'Where you go, I will go. "'Where you lodge, I will lodge. "'Your people will be my people and your God my God.'" Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more. Also, if anything but death parts me from you. It's a very strong example of what it means to care, not in her case for her own parent, but for her in-law. And the blessing she received from Boaz. Boaz, who was the kinsman redeemer who embraced Ruth and brought Ruth into his home in order to care for Ruth and Naomi, his motivation was the extreme care that Ruth demonstrated for her own mother-in-law. So we have that example in scripture and God may call some of us to that. So there's just a few things that we can do. Let me speak for a moment now about what about our dishonorable parents? How do we honor them? I grew up in a home where I was deeply loved with God-fearing parents who nurtured us and brought us to understand who God is at a young age, but many of us have not. So for those who have experienced either abuse or neglect at the hands of your parents, remember that the call isn't specifically necessarily to the person, but to the position of mother and father. It's one way to help us understand that these are God ordained positions that demonstrate his design, even the triune design of mutually submitted, Um, Perfectly unified relationships, the family unit can reflect that, although it doesn't always. And so those positions are worth honoring, even if it's difficult or impossible to honor the person. Can I just suggest, although I haven't had the experience, I've walked alongside many who have, and my mentor has helped me understand how to serve those who have had very painful family of origin challenges. Embrace the majesty of the forgiveness God has given to us and to our parents. Each of us must forgive our parents in some way because all of our parents are failed and flawed human beings. But embrace first that forgiveness that frees us to learn to forgive and and seek out um, the strength and fortitude to truly forgive. Then secondly, use the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms not just for forgiveness but for lament. Uh, the book of Psalms is filled with the human response to the reality of the world around us. A crying out to God describing even the angst. How long, O Lord? So let the Psalms give you the freedom to lament before the Lord and to cry out to Him. Then it's important, I think, for us to count the cost. Often, where abuse has occurred, the risk always remains of further abuse. And so be prepared. In your own heart and soul and perhaps recruit others who can help you consider how to count the cost before taking any steps get assistance from pastors and counselors and if possible if possible find a way to reconcile as a very first step in honoring your father and mother there are a thousand practical ways the how-to is almost endless in the most simple way just Find time to spend with your aging parents and or grandparents call call. If it's once a week, fantastic. Some can afford to call more often. Presence is the greatest gift that we could give. Listening is, is akin to presence. It's almost indistinguishable from feeling loved, meaningful activities together. Uh, when was the last time you just went for a walk in the park with an aging parent or grandparent? Preserve dignity and independence as much as possible. Possible. Affirm. Absorb any kind of maybe belligerence or anger or sulking or behavior that isn't characteristic of your aging parent that may have been brought on by various diseases or challenges with Alzheimer's or dementia. Just absorb it. Advocate in the medical community. Discover the the, uh, resources that are available and help your aging parents Learn what care options are out there. Get help. Hospice is absolutely wonderful. If you don't know about hospice, just Google it and figure out what hospice might be able to do to help you. Here is a core component of how we can love our servant, our parents. Well, it's not so easy to continue to participate in the life of church and the journey of spiritual growth becomes more difficult in my observation, both with my mom and with my dad. So maybe God will allow each of us to be part of our parents' spiritual growth and spiritual development in their final years. Just allow yourself to be used by God, to be a catalyst for them continuing to know and proclaim who Jesus is. That's the second lens how we might love our parents well there's much more that could be said lastly and briefly just three quick things of the wonder and joy and these are from my own experience free of charge not necessarily specifically from any passage of scripture but wholly true in my experience first is this that vulnerability can be an incredible gateway to intimacy my dad is in a very vulnerable place in his life not aware of ordinarily where he is or when it is or who some people are the situation makes him quite vulnerable in many ways and my dad sleeps often and during the day and when he wakes up I'm occasionally there with him at times I need to wake him up and when he wakes up from a sleep he's often very disoriented and confused and I've 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 developed this habit of just sort of kneeling down beside his 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 easy chair and looking right in his eyes and Putting my hands on on his shoulders and saying, "Dad, are you waking up? How are you doing? This me, Eric." And he has my dad has actually only one eye and one prosthesis from childhood, and and I can see just through the look that on his face and through his eyes that he, it's almost as if he says to me by his demeanor, do, "Do you really see me? Am I okay?" There's an intimacy that's indescribable born out of, it's the most intimate experience I've ever had in my relationship with my dad. Secondly, if you take the time to walk near someone, especially a follower of Christ, who's nearing eternity, you will discover that their life in its final hours becomes a portal to the world of eternity. My mom at the last, and I've shared this in many contexts, My mom slept most of the last month of her life, but occasionally she would just wake up. My wife and I would be in sitting with her, monitoring her and she would wake up. And on one occasion, my mom woke up, beautiful smile on her face, very weak. And she said, do either of you know what heaven looks like? And my wife and I were like, mom, what does it look like? And my mom said, oh, I can't describe it. And went right back to sleep. And I thought, oh, mom, just, Give me a little glimpse of what it looks like on another occasion. My mom woke up again from a sound sleep and she had that amazing look on her face. And she told my wife, Jesus came and lifted me up. And my wife said, what did, what did he tell you? And she said, he told me he loves me. And then my mom went right back to sleep. Don't miss the opportunity to glimpse eternity by staying near your aging parents near the end of their days. I'm so sorry that COVID prohibited so many people from doing that. Lastly, one of the great blessings is that this season of life, with the removal of the scaffolding of all of our capacities, all of my dad's abilities, all of his wonderful skills, gifts, life experience, are no longer as easy to see. And so the beauty of God's infinite love for him and the image of God in him is actually less obscured than ever. God's love for my dad is no less than it was when my dad was an effective preacher and executive in his earlier life. So I urge you to consider how God might want To call you into a new phase of caring for and loving your parents, even if they are not yet at the end of life, especially when they become needy and require more from us. But even before that, might we take a single next step, one additional phone call, one additional visit, and some additional guidance in their spiritual journey. Let me pray. Thank you, Father God, that you are our Father and that in you we are uh, in that eternal family of your great love. And I pray even today that you would help us to shine your glory, to demonstrate your love to a dying and needy and sometimes hopeless world by the way that we love and serve and honor our needy and aging parents. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.